Hello and welcome to the Brutal Iron Gym Podcast, where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. Today's podcast is number 1,605. The topic is mindset and the title is Social Media Impact on Fitness. So I've been talking in the last couple podcasts that we have a members listener board in our gym. So members can write down any questions they have on an index card. I answer them and then let them know what podcast number it is on the index card. And it's just a nice way for us to have some interaction and people to get their one-on-one questions answered. So any question you have as an individual, you can absolutely get answered. Now, I've also encouraged people to always reach out on our emails, brutalirongym at gmail.com, if you're not a a, a member of our gym. And then we also have our website, www.brutalirongym.com. You can go to the podcast page and do donations or like a topic request. So I had somebody send that in, uh, this question in actually through the website, which was cool. I love that. So the listener went on and wrote a little bit of like extra context. So uh, I'll talk to that in a second. But the, the base question is, how do you believe social media has impacted how people approach dieting and training? And they went on and told a little bit of a backstory. But that part was just for us, I guess. Uh, it, it didn't didn't apply uh, to the podcast part. We just kind of chatted back and forth. But I like the question. How do you believe social media has impacted how people approach dieting and training? And one of the reasons why they said they asked me was I started lifting before there was internet. <laughs> so I'm 39 years old, and I grew up in kind of the middle of nowhere in Pennsylvania. And we didn't have internet until I was 17, I believe, 16, 17 and there wasn't actually like fitness related stuff. I mean, I didn't join Facebook, I think it was until I was like 24. So really didn't have the influence of internet when I first started. And now I have like a, a YouTube page that has over like I think a thousand videos. Uh, I have podcasts now that has over 1600 episodes. So I'm personally invested into social media and I, I watch and view and you know, interact with social media all the time. You know, especially through like Instagram. I forget how many posts we have. I think we have like 3,000 individual posts on Instagram. I actually looked that up because I think it would be interesting. Yeah, 3,437 posts, (laughs) which uh, I believe is a lot. And I didn't even start that until I was, was like 2015 or something. So I'm very late to the game when it comes to social media. But what's been fun is I achieved really big goals. I made a lot of physical changes before social media became what it is today so i've seen it beforehand and i've seen it afterwards and that's why they asked me the question they thought it was kind of fun to see what the perspective of that has been from somebody who has been there before social media and is still there after social media so i did start before the internet i used to use uh, magazines muscular development and men's fitness I used to get those once a month and of course I would read through them the first day I got them and then have to wait the next like 29 days <laughs> to get to get more but that's what I kind of start, first started with was you know what are the older people than me you know at the school gym what do they say to do you know all that kind of stuff and then you get magazines and eventually get onto online I remember one of the first things I did was RX Muscles. Um, uh, it's a company by Dave Palumbo. They had a, a training series, video series called In the Iron Asylum. Iron Asylum was actually one of the name ideas I had for the gym. But In the Iron Asylum, 
was an interview process like they would have a video of a bodybuilder working out and then just uh, by today's standard a cheap video like audio recording over top where Dave Palumbo would interview the bodybuilder and I would love that that would be like that was my jam you know I would watch that uh, once a week I would take all the notes I could on everything I saw then I'd go down to my parents basement they were amazing and awesome and got me a weightlifting set when I was 16 16th birthday and I would go down and I would try to do every single thing I saw in the videos you know, so it was, it was really cool to start to learn via social media uh, after already having like a year or two of lifting in. So what I thought was interesting was social media over time, for me, is it opened my eyes to more useful information. So I started to learn like how to just, if I'm going to give effort, how, how my effort could have more impact. So I started to learn more techniques, you know, more like more awareness of what information, you know, impacts what I want to achieve. So there was a much, much, much more uh, awareness of useful information. So a lot of knowledge that I gained. But I was also, it increased my awareness of people who had already achieved my goal. So I knew more information that should help me achieve my goal faster. And I knew that I knew it, so therefore I knew I should achieve it faster. And then I was also more aware of other people that had already achieved my goal. I could see, you know, bodybuilders I never knew existed before. You know, people who were physically fit, and I was like, oh man, you know, that person has what I want, that person has what I want, that person has what I want. So it created a sense of greater pressure. So, it would be like, well, you know more. Why aren't you more successful? Others have done it. Even more people than you knew have done it. Why aren't you more successful? If you would have asked me, you know, at that age, if I if I had those feelings, that feeling of increased pressure, increased expectation, I would have said no because I I generally feel like I'm not, you know, uh, impacted by social media. Uh, now, don't we all feel that way? <laughs> but are we? Absolutely, myself included, you know? There's a lot of, like, subconscious factors, and um, it's something where I, I, I don't think I would have been consciously aware of the impact that it was having. But looking back at it now, and from training, you know, 3,000-plus clients, uh, there absolutely is an impact. And in general, that's what the impact is, is people's expectations of success are greater. So social media's biggest impact has been a greater pressure to succeed and to succeed to a greater degree. You know, when I was younger, I remember looking back now, like one of the things that was amazing was there was no Instagram, there was no Facebook for me, and I would train for months, if not a first couple of years. I mean, I didn't have Instagram until 2015. I didn't have Facebook till I was like 24. So I would train. I trained for years without ever posting a photo, <laughs> without, ever out, without ever posting a video. You know, I trained for years without anyone ever knowing what I was doing. I couldn't get that instant gratification that, oh, I had a big, awesome workout. I want to put that online. Even if nobody comments, even if nobody, you know, really interacts much, but we get a like. You know, somebody views our video, 
that kind of gives us validation. It gives us a sense of happiness, you know, uh, for what we've been doing. And I remember when I was younger, I would go for months or years without anything. I might train for four months, and then somebody in passing goes, oh, Rob, you look a little leaner. And it's like, oh, yes. <laughs> you know? So it's like I could I could see it and feel it, but you wonder if you're crazy or not. And then when somebody else says it, you're like, yes. You know? So you don't do it for external validation. I don't do it for others to say, you know, whether it's good or bad. I'm not looking for their judgment. But when somebody does comment, it's like, oh, that's kind of awesome. You know, so I'm a very intrinsically motivated person, but extrinsic motivations or extrinsic, like, uh, feedback, it is it is nice. You know, it's nice when somebody notices, like, uh, the results of what you've been doing, right? That makes sense. So even if you're intrinsically motivated, still having that extrinsic kind of uh, validation is helpful. It's awesome. It feels good. So I would go for months. Have somebody take one comment, and then I was firing up to go for another couple months. But with today's social media, people very rarely even work with something for a couple months, like for months, <laughs> you know? So now, if people don't see or, or feel a difference within two or three weeks, they often feel like they need to abandon everything and make changes. And then since there's now so much information... That seemingly like that seems to be effective. It looks like there's more and more and more approaches to how to be successful, and they and they and more and more and more of them look like they're actually valid. So you can change what you do to something that sounds just as good, if not maybe better, and it seems like you can make that change endlessly. There's an endless amounts of approaches. So. When I was younger, there was really only one approach. You knew one thing that you thought might work, so you just grinded through it, you made adjustments to it, and you made it work. You know, you adjusted to it, you stuck with it for a long time, and you just freaking made it work because you had no clue that there was any other way to do it. Now, when you hit a wall, when you hit an obstacle, when you hit a little bit of uncertainty, people just pivot to a new approach. They don't change the things that are holding them back underlyingly, you know, in mindset, emotions, habits. They just change to something that they think might work around that mindset, emotion, habit. So people stay on the surface level and they change their approach rather than changing themselves. Now, there are great aspects. There are some great aspects to changing your approach, you know, from personalizing what you're doing. And that's one of the reasons why I have a job <laughs> is, you know, there's a, a basic way to diet, but how each individual does that is personalized and there are ways to do it more efficiently for each person. Same thing with training. You know, if, if, if people have XYZ goal, there's probably a lot of ways to get there. So why not pick the one that's most personal to you? But the work of that approach still needs to be done. And often it needs to be done through a phase of mental, emotional, physical stress and challenge. So one aspect that I see often is people start a new diet and a new way of training. So they haven't been eating as much or they haven't been eating as consistently. And they haven't been training as much volume and they haven't been training as consistently. And also the training is like more complete when it's with a full new program. 
So this would be something like me. Like I write a program for somebody. I write a nutrition program. I write a training program. The person then begins to do it. It's new to the body. So they end up losing body fat and gaining muscle tissue. So they'll do it for a month or two or three months. So they're one, two or three months into the program, but they don't see a change on their scale, on their weight scale. So when they look on the scale in the morning, the, the number continues to be the same. Sorry about that. So the number continues to be the same. So they think they haven't made any change. They think they haven't made any progress. So they, they think, oh my gosh, you know, I have to train even more and I have to eat even less. And it's like, no, 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 no. Because <laughs> what's really happening is, is they're building muscle to mass while losing body fat. The muscle mass that they're building makes their weight go up. But the fat loss they're losing makes their weight go down. So the scale isn't changing. And say the circumference of their body parts doesn't seem to be changing. You know, if they lose a pound, uh, if they lose a half inch of fat, but underneath the fat that's still there, they gain a half inch of muscle, there's no circumference change. And since they, have, they aren't lean yet, maybe they went from two inches of fat to only one inch of fat, that's still too much fat to be able to see muscle definition, so they can't see the changes yet. So, the body weight scale has not moved yet. Circumference and size and appearance of, of muscles in the thickness of their arms, their legs, their thighs, their glutes, their core, that doesn't seem to be changing. If they were to do a DEXA scan, which is a, you know, a scan of how much muscle you have and how much body fat you have, where it can actually tell you those separate from each other, they would see huge changes, huge changes. But DEXA scans, I don't know exactly how much they are. I think they're between $50 to $200. And you have to schedule them, and you'd probably have to go to like some kind of like a city. <laughs> you know, like uh, we live in Rock Hill, South Carolina. You might have to go up to Charlotte. You know, so you might have to go to a bigger city to get access to a DEXA scan. If they were to do a DEXA scan or a bod pod, you know, or like some kind of more accurate body fat percentage testing, not the biological impedance stuff. That stuff is not good. And not skinfold calipers because you have to do at least a thousand times to even be proficient at them. But if you were to do a DEXA scan, they would see enormous changes. But without the DEXA scan, if they look at the scale, weight scale, they see nothing really changing. If they look at the way they look in a mirror, they don't really see much changing yet. So what's happening is a lot. An enormous amount of changes are happening. They're building muscle. They're losing fat. They're building that muscular shape underneath their fat. So as they continue to get leaner, they would see more and more and more definition, and they would have more and more and more of the physique that they want. So they might have to go from two inches fat down to one inch of fat and not really be able to see anything yet. Then go from one inch of fat to a half inch of fat, and it's like, ooh, what's this muscle bump? You know, what's this bump over here? Then they go from a half inch to a quarter inch, and they're like, oh my gosh, I can really see everything. So, rather than pivoting to something that shuts everything down, if they start exercising more and eating even less, 
that shuts down muscle building. That actually shuts down fat loss. They grind to a stall. They feel horrible. And then they go back to overeating because they actually underfed their body to a chronic point, And the body's going to downgrade its metabolism. It's going to say it's super freaking hungry after a while. They're going to have mad cravings. And everything goes to crap. So rather than pivoting to something that shuts down the process, they need to continue to grind through. So if they've been doing it for a couple months, one, two, or three months, and they can see progress in the gym, they're lifting heavier weights, but they can't see the body weight change yet, they can't really see the, the circumference and kind of thickness and size change in their body yet, it's just too early yet. It takes time. It takes time to build muscle tissue. It takes time to lose body fat. But social media has made it seem that it shouldn't. Social media has made people less patient. And it's made it more confusing as to when you should stay with an approach versus when you should change. Like, if you're not seeing changes yet, you must be a loser. You must be a failure. You know, this person did this in 30 days. This person did this in two weeks. This person did this in three months. So social media has made people feel that they should get, get results faster and easier. And that everyone else is already doing it. And a huge component to that is that social media is, a large portion of it, is fake. People try to sell things, so they lie. People try to feel good about themselves, so they lie. A lot of social media is absolute bullshit. Now, being in the like industry, you know, being a personal trainer, uh, I know pers other personal trainers, not friends, <laughs> but I do know personal trainers who lie. They they show before and after photos that are bullshit. They sell programs uh, based on big promises by certain clients, but they'll just sell you whatever bullshit program that they wrote to, and they send to everybody else. They don't sell you a personalized program, even though they say they do. Like, oh, this person, I've helped this person achieve this and this. Get your program, you know, to help you do the same. And then they just sell the exact same program to anybody who ever reaches out. And it's like, oh, my gosh, it's so frustrating. I mean, I know people that have earned, you know, a natural pro card, but they were sure as hell weren't natural. They were taking drugs that they knew the urine test wouldn't, wouldn't catch. So there's so much fake, so much lies when you look across social media. And that just makes everything so much worse. And one component that I know of for myself is, you know, when I was younger, I might have only known 20 or 30 people that worked out. Now, I grew up in the middle of nowhere. So my graduating class of kids in high school was like 60-some people. <laughs> I can actually tell you everyone's name. Uh, so 60-some people that I graduated high school with. So if you're talking about like the amount of people in the weight room, there might have been 20 to 30 people in the weight room across you know, 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade that I would have known. So 20 to 30 people. Now with social media, you might know 20, 30,000. <laughs> so the number of successful people seems greater. And it's true. The number that you're aware of people being successful is true. It, it, it is greater. But it's not necessarily the percentage. The percentage of people who are successful probably is about the exact same, 
but you're just more aware of more people therefore it looks like there's more people that are successful so some things we can do to counter the negative impact of social media is number one get a proven approach something that you you fully believe in and you're like okay I've talked to an expert uh, you know I've looked at research I, I, I believe that this approach will work then commit to it 100 freaking percent don't say I'm following the diet but you're not eating everything that's on the paper you know on the program or don't say you're following the diet but you're eating extra things that are on the pa uh, paper you know, sometimes clients tell me, oh, I follow the diet, you know, but I have a, a can of Coca-Cola in the afternoon and maybe a little bit of candy every now and then. I'm like, well, then you're not following the damn diet, you know. It's like, just tell me and I'll figure out a way to fit those calories in or we'll, instead of having it every day, let's try to have it every other day. Like, I'll work with you, but don't freaking lie. Don't lie to yourself. That's what pisses me off more than being lied to myself. Like, it's not the first time, it's not going to be the last time that I get lied to, <laughs> but I don't want people lying to themselves. That just makes me feel angry for them, makes me feel bad for them, because then in your mind, you're going to always wonder why things aren't working out for you. And you're going to blame everyone and everything around you. Nothing will ever seem to change because it's you. It's you. You go everywhere you go. <laughs> you follow yourself no matter where you go. So whether you change a program, whether you change a coach, whether you change gyms, whether you change whatever the hell it is, you follow you everywhere. So don't get in the habit of lying to yourself. And then all of a sudden it becomes second nature, and then you no longer look at yourself when there's somebody to blame. So it's very, very important to be honest with yourself and say, okay, I have a program. Am I actually following it or am I making some changes from it? If I'm doing 90% of it, then I should not expect 100% results because I'm not doing 100% of the damn stuff. So if you're not following the program, that's your fault. Don't blame the program. Talk to whoever's helping you if you can. Look to see if there's ways to modify the program to account for what you're trying to do. You know, but you need to get an approach and you need to commit to it 100%. And then you need to give it time. And for most people, I would say six months minimum. Unless you have like a competition that's sooner than that. But six months to, to truly lose fat and build muscle. Whether that's you know, to overall have a greater degree of fat loss or to overall have a greater degree of muscle growth or overall greater degree of, say, strength increase. But six months is a very reasonable time frame for a program to take effect. So if you're thinking of making changes to your nutrition and training, but you haven't even been doing it for six months, and you wonder if maybe you're in that category that I talked about, maybe you've been eating better and more consistently than you ever have. You've been training better and more consistently than you ever have. You're likely building muscle and losing fat, which is why you don't see changes on the scale and why you don't yet see changes aesthetically because there's still just too much fat over the muscle to be able to see the muscle change. If you think you're in that category, give it more time. Give it six months. And then while you're doing that, track your effort. Track your commitment to the process, not just the results. Don't just track body weight and, and body part measurements. Also track, did I eat each of my meals today? Did I get my calorie targets? Did I get my protein targets? Did I lift weights the way I was supposed to? Did I get all my workouts in? Track what you're doing, not only what you're getting from it. Because what you'll find for most people is they don't do it as well as they think they do. 
again, people tell me all the time, like, oh, I'm following the diet. And I'm like, yeah, but you missed three meals this week. You missed your protein on three of the seven days. Like, I understand that you feel the pressure of what you're supposed to do. But we're not actually doing it very well. So what what's what are we missing? What's what's causing us to mess these things up? You know, and we'll look and see, okay, well, like maybe they have variable decisions for lunch. Some days they have, you know, a meat, a carb, and a vegetable. Then the next day they just had soup. So protein was only like ten grams. And it's like, oh man, you know, the other days we were getting thirty to forty grams of protein on that meal. Now all of a sudden we're only getting ten and we look at the end of the day and it's like, oh, you're twenty grams short of protein. Well there you go. You know, maybe we have to get rid of the soup, or maybe we have to add something with the soup to make sure we get our protein content in, or we can add more protein to the other meals of the day. So I work with clients, and I find, okay, what are we doing that's make like, how are we falling short a little bit? How can we increase the consistency of that? So that's what you need to do, is track your efforts, not just the results. And then view others' stories on social media as motivation for what can be achieved, but not as a standard for how to achieve it. So if they seemingly did something in 30 days, it doesn't mean that you should be able to do it in 30 days or you're a loser or you failed. Just say, wow, that's freaking awesome, the transformation that they made. I can't wait to see my before and after photos. You know, I can't wait to see the way I change. I'm so excited, so excited. That's essentially what I think we can do with social media is it increases our knowledge of what we can do what are our approaches what are our methods that we can use pick one that you think will work best for you commit to it hundred percent track your efforts not just the results of your efforts and then give it time it's not fun it's not glamorous it's not exciting it's not what you typically see on social media is, oh yeah, I worked at this goal for nine months. At times I lost my damn mind and I broke off the diet, I broke off the training program, but I came back to it three, four, five, six times over. Took me nine months, but here I am. I've made more progress than I expected. I'm excited. The reality of success is that it'll take more effort than you expected and it'll take more time than you expected. That's the reality of success. If you want to be successful, however much effort you think it's going to take, it's going to take more. However much time you think it's going to take, it's going to take more. Success takes more effort and more time than you will have expected it to take. That is the truth, the reality of success. So through social media, use the knowledge that's available to you, but be fully committed and be patient. That is not glamorous. That is not exciting. That is not like you don't put a Rocky montage to that. <laughs> There's no dun 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 dun. There's no eye of the tiger when you're telling somebody to be patient, right? That's not exciting. That's not fun. You know, I, I can't. I, you can't sum up all of your training and dieting in a three and a half minute song and all of a sudden be at the end. There is no movie montage moment to success. Okay, that's only in the movie, whenever they're talking about your success. <laughs> but that's not reality. That's not real life. Real life is it'll take you more time and more effort than you expected. That's reality. Okay. 
So, I don't know if I just depressed everybody. <laughs> but uh, I do believe that social media is freaking awesome. I actually love it. Uh, because the amount of information that's out there, like I'm a perfectionist in nature. I'm a very, like, I'm a type A person, but I think I come across as more of like a relaxed type A. <laughs> if that's, I go, my, I got type A too, you know? So there's, I'm a type A person. I want results immediately, and I want to know absolutely everything I can do to reach those results. But I've also learned that within that pressure, within that desire to be my absolute best as fast as humanly possible, there's still time. There's still time that's needed. There's still uh, attention to detail and effort. You know, whenever I do diets, like I've done a million and a half diets for both like weight gain and uh, weight loss. When I do them, I know it's going to take time. I know it's going to be more effort than I expected. And every single time, it's freaking horrible <laughs> in, in, to some degree. You know, like, it, it's not like the end of the world and I'm hating my life. But you're like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of hungry at the end of the day. I'd like to eat more food, but I'm not really supposed to. So I'll just chew on, uh, like, Altoids. <laughs> you know, so you have to say no and you have to eat some Altoids every now and then. Or drink some diet soda just to fill up your belly. But there are moments that you don't get to do what you want to do. You know, you have to do what you have to do. You have to do what's best for your future self, not for your current self. And I believe social media can help you better manage those moments. It can help you stay motivated by seeing how other people work through those moments. But you still have to have those moments. You know, you still have to have some toughness. You still have to to grind through the work. And I think having that realization and that balance of saying, yeah, I want to use social media to learn as much as I can and to use other people's stories to motivate myself to continue to push through. But I still have to be patient. I still have to put in the work. Okay. Well, I hope it was helpful in some way. Uh, The person I talked to, the listener who sent out the email, we've already emailed back and forth quite a bit. And um, they're feeling somewhere around the same thing, but they're, they were a little more demotivated by social media than I've been. And I've just also had longer, you know, so I've been doing this for 21 years. Uh, well, no, geez, gosh, longer than that. Uh, I, I started, like, my health and fitness kind of aspects at 15, so I've been doing it for 24 years. I started making money as a trainer since, oh, gosh, I think 2002. You know, so I've been training people for that long <laughs> um, and that's been so 21 years of working with people over 3,000 people so I just have more experience working through it and that's what this listener was trying to get through is they're very very demotivated because they see everybody achieving everything instantly and two of the accounts they sent me were absolute bullshit and somebody was just you know lying and trying to sell them programming but it can be challenging to manage social media uh, so hopefully with everything we talked about today, there's a little bit more, like, I don't know, a different perspective or a newer perspective on how to manage that. But if you have any trouble, if you have any struggles, just let me know. I'm always here. I'm always happy to help. So thank you to those who do send in questions. I really do enjoy it. I find it motivating to keep doing the podcast because I know people are listening. So thank you very, very much. Cool. Well, if you have any questions, feedback, suggestions, anything you want to know, let me know in my email, brutalironjim at gmail.com. If you like our podcast, please share it. When you share it, let people know that we answer questions for free. That's exactly what, the, what we want that podcast to be, is just a free service for Q&A. And then thank you to those who donate to support the podcast. We can actually do this. There's a high hosting cost every year for the podcast. I put a lot of work into it. So I really appreciate the donations to help cover some of that cost. 
Uh, I really, really genuinely do appreciate them. Thank you very, very much. If you want to donate, you can do that on our website, www.perlarengym.com. And then if you have any, if you like the information we share in our podcast, we always share more on social media. Find us and follow us under the name Brutal Iron Gym on Instagram and YouTube. Cool. Okay, as always, I hope this was helpful, and thank you for listening. <laughs>